All conversations and information exchanged during participation in this podcast or interaction on the Doctor.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine. Hey, buddy, this is Dr. Drew. And this is Dave from Dopey. And welcome to This Life, Hashtag You Live. I have our new special guest here today, New York co-host Dave from Dopey Podcast. He is uh, very kindly filling in while I'm out on the road in New York, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good show. Happy to do it. It's a privilege to have you, man. I, it's, uh, you and I have been through some roller coaster experiences on, on mics. That's for sure. You know, I mean, I can think of, I get emotional thinking about my first experience with you was with Chris, mm-hmm. and then the next one was without, shockingly, and then the next one was still sort of trying to contend and make sense of that. Yeah. Well, that's something that um, I don't think it ever goes away because the show was born with him. Uh. But, you know, when I think about it, I get sad, obviously. Yeah. I, I hear a song and I think about it. Just the, and also the growth of, of Dopey Podcast is on the back of his death. Oh, and when you talk about recovery, you talk about stepping over bodies. And I kind of literally had to do it yeah. in this scenario. Oh, no. You, it, it's, you need to keep doing this podcast. Yeah. And he would want you to have, too. I, I think he would have, and I love to make the show, and I love the community that's grown from it. And I'm super happy to be here with you today. Today we also have an uh, interesting guest, Kat Timp, from the Greg Gutfeld Show on uh, Fox. Catherine Kat is a writer, comedian, commentator. She's from Detroit, lives in New York. She currently works as a reporter at the National Review, writes columns, satire pieces, and uh, she is a like a malignant... Uh, uh, a libertarian. Uh, she, she, when I always think, I, whenever I wonder if I'm a libertarian, I measure myself against her and I realize I am not. Uh, Greg Gutfeld shows her Saturday at 10 Eastern. Uh, she's also the co-host of the Tyrus and Tim podcast on Fox News Podcasting. But first, it's just going to be Dave and I. You can follow Dave at Dopey Podcast. Uh, and we're going to answer some emails and chat amongst ourselves and uh, just... You know, have a good time here in New York City. It sounds good to me. Um, we, we're at the luxurious Hudson Yards, right down the street from where I record the Dopey all the time, where I grew up. You, do you live there now, or do no, you? No, my dad lives there, and whenever I, I have a guest on the show, nobody wants to come out to where I live on Long Island, so we just go here. God, I'm literally, I, I feel like I could throw a stone to that building. Obviously, it's about two blocks away. But, but from but, this height, you might yeah, be able yeah, to. So. <laughs> I mean, you guys don't understand the view here. It's like. 51 stories up, you can see all of lower Manhattan. And I right. said to Susan when I got here, when I look at a view like this, it's like drugs. It's yeah. like, you, it's just, you can feel like you can swallow the whole city. Yeah. It's so it's amazing. It's like, it is like drugs. I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed. To, to me, I just walk around in wonderment of what humans can do. Yeah. It's just constant wonderment. Like, wow, humans did this. Well, last time and, I saw you, you mentioned how much you love being in New York I do. and how you love the energy. So I, I love all of it, and everything it about it. Soak it right up. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're like, yes, literally. Like It's like 
like a superhero. <laughs> like you're kidding. It's like that. It's yeah. also like these buildings. Like I, I do these catering jobs in these buildings, and they always call it Avengers Towers oh, when they look really? at it. That's so hysterical. You're very much like. Oh a my god, that's hysterical. Well, and, and we're looking at sort of these buildings you grew up in. Now, to a non-New Yorker, they would look like housing projects a little bit. Well, they are. But but they're nicer than that in reality. It, and they were Jewish housing projects. They really? were they were they are middle-income housing projects. Wait a minute, Jewish housing project. How, who? Funded it. The it government certainly didn't fund that. Well, it wasn't designed for Jewish people <laughs> specifically, but it was the International Ladies Garment Workers Union houses, and most of the people involved in the International Ladies Garment Workers Union tended to be Jewish. The Schmata business. The Schmata business, <laughs> and it's totally multicultural now. There's was, a, was that union the result of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire? I have. I cannot speak on this. You this know what matter. I'm talking about, right? I, it sounds familiar, but I'm too, I'm too uneducated. Ah, Fill me in. What New is, York what history. Is so it's now a building at NYU. But if you look on the side of the down off Union Square, and there's a plaque. I was I was when our kids were applying to college, we did an NYU tour, and I was standing there listening to somebody. I just looked to my left, and there was a plaque. I started reading. I'm like, oh my god, this is the Triangle Shirtwaist Building, and it's still there. It's the it was the biggest fire disaster in U.S. history, where a bunch of female women. Uh, and and girl, well, was, well, it was. I was trying to pick. I was trying to pick the age group. It's like girl, g- girls and women, uh, shirtwaist manufacturing. They were sitting at sitting at sewing machines. Got caught in the tap top floor, yeah, and died. hundreds died, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And it was just this huge catastrophe. It's why you had fire escapes. Wow, it's, it, it, the fire escapes were mandated after that fire. And it was just this this catastrophe, and it was it was like it was kind of like nine eleven before nine eleven. It was that size catastrophe for the city. Mm-hmm. Women were jumping out of the building and all this stuff, and it was just terrible. I don't know if those buildings were made in the wake of that, and my dad will be very disappointed that I didn't know this story. So I feel <laughs> well, bad. I'm not worried, I'm not thinking about the the building so much as did that union form as a result of it. That's what I'm. The thinking. weird thing is that it became public housing. It's uh. a lottery system. I actually got an, I got on a list for the apartments when I was 11. I got the apartment when I was 22. I lost the apartment when I was 25 because I was such a fucked up junkie. <laughs> so my, my grandparents moved in there, and my grandfather was a, a dentist. He did not work for the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. So like, I think it was just straight lottery based on income, how you got in. It's it's a, when I walk through that area, and it's kind of a curvy third yeah. thirty takes a curve or something, right? Thirtieth Street or thirty seventh. It's twenty eighth twenty eighth Street. Okay, it's a 20, curve. And it, it takes a weird curve right there, which is unusual in New York because it's otherwise at this part of town it's just grid. It's just it's just perpendicular lines, but it takes a little curve right through there. I guess they did that as part of the development, right? It's very like beautific, like, yeah. like super, like almost suburban life. Yes. Behind the building, there are these playgrounds, and but, you know, you're very safe in there. Yeah, I, I totally agree, but but non-New Yorkers would, would, would not relate to it that way. The hardcore projects are here. The Elliott projects, the real Chelsea projects, these are the real projects. Yeah. Those are the middle-class Jewish projects. These are like the hardcore Spanish black projects. And, this is where you go to score. That's where I went to nursery school, is down uh, here. Are, now, are they still, <laughs> are they still, I mean, any housing now New York is is no longer poverty, right? Everything is everything is no longer impoverished. Everything is expensive. Well, Do, is no, that change still public? Both both buildings are still public. Uh, the one that I grew up in uh, is more middle income, and I had to pay a surcharge to live there. Here, it's lower income, and it's like. In Manhattan, you know, people need affordable housing. Well, that's the thing about Manhattan that people don't appreciate is is that 
every beautiful building you see comes along with public housing. They are required to create housing for people that have difficulty paying rent or or getting housing at all. And I I admire that so much about New York. And by the way, it's how they build the community here because everyone's on top of each other and living together. And it's not as though, oh, you know, we're talking about we're talking about these housing structures over here as though they were separated. They're not. It's all together. It's all it's just there's different groups in different housings. Well, that's why I'm sure you love New York. Yes, you know, it is. that's the difference yeah, yeah. between New York and Southern California. Yes, yes. Southern California is very segregated. Yeah. I lived out there and it was very weird for me. Mm. Here you live on top of everybody. Yeah. You get on the train with everybody. Yes, yes. And it's 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 key. I love that. But not to mention with with New York being the way New York is now, not everybody can live, you know, like the Sultan of Brunei. Not everybody. Oh my is, God! So, like, somebody no. has to take care of it. Like, I, I've been a waiter for ten years, and you need affordable housing. You yeah. just do, or else yeah. all of these people can't be attended to. No, you know? they would. You would not be living on the island, and 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 then they'd have a transportation disaster, like yeah. in Los Angeles. Um, I, I I love. Um, I love New York. You know, New York is is like a part of me in a big way. Every day, I, I you know I take that commute and then I walk from Penn Station to the Lower East Side to work. Every day, I walk. That's a there fair distance. And I walk back, but I need it. I soak it up. Mm. I soak up the life. What's your, do you take different routes every day? Every or? day. And, what, and, yeah, my, you're, I, you're the, the the restaurants where. Uh, it's on Houston and Ludlow Street. That's a fair distance. Yeah, That's it's a, a good walk. I mean, it keeps me from being obese, considering the amount of cookies I eat. Does it take you like 45 minutes? Yeah. Or, yeah. It's a 45-minute walk. I, I do dopey business on the phone. I kind of daydream. I talk to friends. I talk to my sponsor. Mm. I talk to... Uh, I had one sponsee who doesn't seem to be doing great. Oh. So, but I'll get another sponsee eventually, I'm sure. But it's, it's like my time. It's like my meditation. Well, let me, let me, let's talk about that sponsee for a second. And I'm not telling you what to do explicitly, but I will just say that um, executing people, so to speak, cutting them out, uh, is, the, is nothing reaches people better than, uh, I can't work with you. Get out of here. Scram. Well, we never uh, even started working together. No. You know, we started working together on a week that he had no money. Mm. And then the next week he had money, and I never heard from him again. Oh, geez. So. Well, I, I would just say that I, I w- there were many of my most difficult therapeutic interventions, and the ones that had the most impact were the ones where I just kicked people out. I've said I'm sorry. Well, tough love is powerful love. It, it's it's it is, but it's it's you, when you're in this disease, you don't. Not a lot of things get your attention. <laughs> and when somebody, because you always think part of the illness is you think you can manipulate your way through anything. And if somebody cuts you out, there's no more manipulation, and that really gets that people addicts go, <gasps> what What do you mean? <laughs> you know, righteous indignation, all that stuff. Well, it's so. effective, especially because they get away. We, we get away with so many so things, much, so and, much, and we need that. You know, I, I think, you know, that that question we always talk about is what can save somebody, what can cure them, and I think tough love, cutting them off, is the is the path. Well, it's it's that everything has its time, right? People, people, people this is the the average person cannot get this. People are not ready till they're ready. Correct. Yes. And if they're not ready and you know it and you've tried everything, the next most impactful thing that will be part of the process of getting them to ready is what I just used to call an execution. Just gone. Just swift and sure. And I'm sure with you, they come back. Dr. Drew, I need help. Dr. Drew, I'm willing to do something. Don't even give them that opportunity. Because, of course, that's more manipulation. So how do you make the line, and when can they come back into the the fold? um, I I refer them to other places. So you're just done, done. Uh, I, I will sometimes give people... 
like if there's evidence across, there's no hard and fast rule about that. They're certainly not coming back next week. Right. Um, but if six months goes by and they're in a different place and I can tell they are, sure. Yeah. You see them doing some work. You see them earning uh, yeah, a spot. Or, or there's a certain way that you speak when you're ready, <laughs> you know. Sure. And, and sometimes I'm wrong, but sometimes I'm right when, when I hear that language. The worst thing, and you know this almost better than I do, I, I know it pretty well at this point, is that at this point in the story, an addict, an opiate addict who goes out, yeah. they just fucking die so fast. Well, now, th- that's, a good, that's exactly what I was just thinking as I was hearing myself. I'm like, eh, people are not going to understand what I'm saying. I also offer them replacement therapies. I'm saying, look, you may, you may have failed this kind of therapy. Here are replacement therapies. This might work for you. Here are some cognitive behavioral therapies and motivational enhancement therapies that might get you to the place where you are motivated. My experience has been... They don't go for it. It's, they don't do it. A friend of mine, um, one of my best friends who I used to play in a band with, he was uh, producing some bands, and, and there's this kid that was in one of his bands, and when I met him, he was a straight-edge punk rock kid from Westchester. Mm-hmm. He was just brimming with talent and charisma, and he died last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when I met him, I was using, and he was straight-edge. And now he, he, he has two kids, baffling. And, and he's dead, because uh, he wasn't interested in anything besides getting high. Like on Saturday, he texted his best friend a picture of a heroin bag. Mm. You know, I mean, like this is the kind of fucking idiocy that we're dealing with. And when I say idiocy, I'm an idiot like that. You know what I mean? You don't realize that it's like let, gone. Let me reframe Raymond. He's in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to break that. He's also in love with being that character. You can say that now that you're outside it, right? I was always idiotic. I'm, I'm sometimes <laughs> idiotic in recovery, and, and, and hopefully, always dopey. Yeah, I'm as dopey as I can be. But we have emails, right? We do. Let me look at some of these. Um, what is that? Well, there's a party next door. Party next door. We don't know if we put your headphones on. See if you can hear that. I doubt you can. These are pretty directional mics. I think it sounds good. Yeah. Here we go. So I want to take some emails. Here is uh, somebody who asks, my son said he heard you say vaping is not dangerous and nicotine not a problem. He continues to vape because you said it was not harmful. Oh, Dr. Drew. So I thought I'd ask you if, uh, I'm, if the fact is what you said or what he heard. It's a little more what he heard, but it's not way off of what I said. Let me be super clear. I am not advocating that adolescents should get addicted to nicotine. I do not like that idea. I don't think it's a good thing. It's an unfortunate thing. But the moral panic around vaping, I cannot understand it. I can't understand it. Um, we have had an uptake in, in the use of nicotine replacement. There was just an article that came out today that showed that people that use vape in an attempt to stop using cigarettes are 95% more likely to stop than any other means of nicotine reduction. That's how Anything. I stop smoking. It's, it's, it's miraculous for some people. It is miraculous. And the fact that people like don't understand that nicotine is not, this is probably what your son heard, by the way, nicotine is not the problem. Tobacco is the problem. The smoke, right? The tobacco smoke. Nicotine is unfortunate. You'll get addicted to it, and it can have some, maybe some cognitive, some mood effects on adolescents. So we're not really sure on that. But for adults, getting addicted to nicotine is a non-issue. 
get addicted to nicotine if you need to, if it helps you deal with some other problem. The other, the other, in other words, if you are already addicted to cigarette smoke, then fine, stay addicted to the nicotine, go to the vaping, try to taper off. If you can't, stay on it. What then, about this thing? There, and I don't know what this is, and you're Dr. Drew, yeah. and I'm Dave from Dopey, yeah, so yeah. what the fuck do go I ahead, know? Go ahead. Popcorn lung. It, it's does that exist? It does not exist any longer. It was a couple of cases in a certain flavored product that does not exist anymore. So stay away from the flavored products. Just this, the nicotine products are all we're talking about. We're not talking about cannabis. We're just talking about non-flavored nicotine products. Uh, and what it's, was popcorn lung? Just an inflammatory process. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? It was not good. It was not good. But it, it's inflammatory. Alveol, alveolar filling inflammatory lung. Cocaine could do that, too. Smoking cocaine, good times. Um, I ran so, into this homeless guy just now on the street. Yeah. This dude that used to hang out by where I work. And, uh, and I, he has, he's named Dave. So he's like, hey, Dave. I'm like, hey, Dave. He's like, he's like, could you hit me off with a buck? And I don't give fucking shit to anybody. Yeah. But I like this guy. Yeah. So I gave him a dollar. And, uh, and we started talking about something or other. Yeah. And uh, he knows that I'm an addict in recovery. And, and, yeah. and he was like, I'm not using anything. I was like, dude, you stink of alcohol. <laughs> and he's like, well, I do drink a little wine with vodka mixed in. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, all right, well, that's something. That fucks you up. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, nah. You know what fucks me up? Smoking heroin with cocaine. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, that does fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. And he said, the last time I did it, I went blind for 40 minutes. Have you ever heard of that? I never heard of that. No, but, but blind. Was, did he describe any weakness, too? No, I looked at his eyes, too, and you could see the fucking cataracts or something in there. Well, he may have cataracts, but that doesn't cause blindness. No, sorry. But, but That's from masturbation. Bl- how dare you? Uh, blindness <laughs> is, if he, if he had weakness and blindness... That's called the tip of the basilar artery transient ischemic attack. So that you have an artery down the back of your, sort of feeding the base of your brain. And, it, it, and your optic nerve is f- supplied by that on both sides. And has, it comes off into the two eyes. And the tip of it can have a, get a clot on it. And then it cuts off both the motor to your whole body and the and vision to your eyes. Wow. And so he, and stroke is well known to happen with... with uh, with cocaine, right? And so it could be just, it could, and it could be a vascular spasm too, but it, it's like he, he dodged a bullet there. Let me go back to the um, vaping. Nicotine, I'm sorry. Wow, that's the, okay. I like that story. The other thing about the vaping is that we've seen a, a, a indirect relationship between the using of vaping and the using of drugs. Really? So in other words, the more vaping, the less drugs. Mm. People should be freaking celebrating I that. I wish my mom could have vaped. Yes, your mom would have been a great vape. She, she, oh, she, she died of uh, dementia-related multi-stroke from, from tobacco. Wow. The nicotine has nothing to do with it, except that it severely addicted her. Yeah. This tobacco is what killed her. And so, again, high, high vaping, low drugs. We need to examine that a little more carefully. But because there's such a moral panic, no one's looking at it. That is fascinating. What yeah. about the weed vaping? Where does that fit into it? That's intense. <laughs> that's like, you know, wax and that kind of stuff. And that, yeah. that's yeah. high high potency. I used to love that stuff. Yeah, it, 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 that worries me. Uh, that's concerning. Well, and that's also it. you can use so surreptitiously with I was going to say, that's the big issue with vaping and people slipping in the, the cannabis. Yeah. But, you know. That was the best. Yeah. You know, and weed vaping in taxis and stuff. I mean, yeah. as, a st- as an ex-stoner. Well, and now, if, if you're not hardcore, I mean, if you're just an average cannabis user... You barely have to take any, and you're going to be high for three hours. What's the story with that? You want to get to the next email? No, go ahead. What is the story I saw a month ago or something about with with all this cannabis legalization that people are, are developing these 
neuroses, these nervous problems. Because All kinds of problems. Weed is so potent. All kinds of stuff. I mean, they're, they're, I, I, to me, they're pussies that they can't handle. No, the one, the one that's getting most people's attention is at one point was being called scrometing. They get this intractable vomiting from the cannabis, and the vomiting is, is so intense they scream when they vomit. So they're calling it scrometing. <laughs> that is the most amazing and, thing I've ever heard. And, Who and, are these people scrometing? A lot of them, and they're coming to the emergency rooms with burns because the only relief they get is hot water, hot showers, and they sit in the hot, the super hot water to the point they burn themselves. So this is a Colorado thing, or something? This is a California thing now. Scrometing? Scrom- well, they don't call it that anymore. It's just intractable <laughs> vomiting, or can- they call it cannabis vomiting, or something. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Scrometing. Yeah. I know. I love that. I know. <laughs> it's like a Simpsons bit or something. I know. <laughs> I know, but but uh, this this vomiting from cannabis is not uncommon, and and many other things, all kinds of mood disturbances, and I you know, used to it's, smoke it's weed to prevent me from vomiting. If I had an upset yes, stomach, there's that. I smoked weed, yes, and I that can felt happen. Great. So it does. See, it has an effect on that what's called the chemoreceptor trigger zone in the brain. But apparently, if you use too much, it goes the other way. Right. I would be a scrometer. I'm wondering if someone is a heavy drug user for several years, cocaine and MDMA, two, three times a week, and has decided to quit, suffers severe depression and insomnia, and the doctors then prescribes SNRI, which helps sleep immensely, is it possible to eventually quit SNRI and sleep again? What's SNRI? Um, it's, I'm assuming she's meaning... Um, yeah, so SNRI is... Well, SSRI has hit the serotonin receptors, SNRIs hit both the noradrenergic or norepinephrine and the serotonergic system. So it's like a dual agent. And um, I'm actually glad that that this doctor put her on that because not everyone knows to do that. When you've done MDMA, MDMA at that level actually damages your brain. Uh, that's 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 it can potentially do that anyway. Lots of speed, lots of MDMA. That's how you hurt your head for long term. Is that the holes in the brain kind of thing? Yeah, it's kind of thing. I mean, that's kind of a grotesque way of talking about it. But there's injury to certain parts of the brain, and the the manifestations are sleep disturbances, which this person had, mood disturbances, and short term memory problems. And if you have that, you're probably going to need to stay on something mo- probably indefinitely. Now, you can try to come off, but and I certainly would encourage you to try, but um, I, I'm concerned that she may need to stay on that. The What's fact the that street stuff? name for MDNA? Ecstasy. Yeah, that's right. Ecstasy. For Molly now. Molly. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to stay on? One of these antidepressants, essentially. What are, and what are the like like Zoloft effects or effects or Wellbutrin effect? Those are the SSRIs, the ones you mentioned. You're familiar with those? That's are you on that? Question. No, I'm not on no. anything. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's high on the view. I well, have... it's it's a case in point that opioids and opiates leave the brain alone. That was the big advance with opiates. They they didn't harm anybody. They didn't cause any problems. They didn't. They weren't risky in terms of damaging to the brain or body. They didn't know that it carried this other piece of addiction associated with it. Though, the guy that invented morphine sulfate got addicted to morphine sulfate. That makes sense. The thing that fucked up my brain was the benzos. Benzos can leave some residual, but that usually gets better, too. I find that my memory is just terrible. But then we're getting older. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. So. What do we got? What's next? Do we need to take a break? Is that what we're doing here? Keep talking. I don't want to use up all the emails. I want to save some for Kat. Yeah, the, the more... Okay, let's see. 32 year olds, I was a pain pill addict for 10 years, diagnosed with endocarditis, endocarditis rather, which is a bacterial infection of the heart valve. I had emergency heart surgery to replace my mitral valve. That's what you have to do. Pacemaker implanted, so they got a pacemaker as a result. Now three years sober, I have trouble getting hard, fully hard, or staying hard through sex. It's infuriating help. 
Um, I would need to know more. 32 years of age. I would need to know more about... 32. That's sad. Yeah. I would need to know more about the medications. Probably the cardiac meds are doing that, I'm going to bet. So you might want to talk to your doctor about it, number one. Number two, uh, opiate addicts sometimes have difficulty feeling arousal or fulfilled from orgasm, that kind of thing. Uh, It's not an uncommon thing. It's why opiate addicts do the audioerotic asphyxiation stuff. Wow. Like Michael Hutchins. Exactly. Yes. Was he a heroin addict? I think so. Yeah. So it's very, very common if, if they're, you find when somebody died of something even possibly related to autoerotic asphyxiation, it was, number one, and number two, opiate addict. Now, when you get super technical like this, does, does Bob Forrest know what you're talking about? Yeah, and does yeah. he sees it Catherwood all too. Catherwood knows all this stuff? Um, he keeps up, but, but Bob and I have dealt with it for so many years, he, he sees it. Because I'm drifting here with No, you're with, not. With, you've got, with, you're on top of it. high tech terms. No, you're not. You're completely on top of it. <laughs> my father thinks I really had holes in my brain. Uh, one time I had a terrible grand mal seizure from benzo withdrawal, and I woke up in St. Vincent's Hospital, which is actually closed now, but that was where my first daughter was born, ironically. Wow. Mm. And they put me in the MRI, and my dad kept hearing that there were holes in my brain, but they told me my brain had only shrunk a little bit. So this is a big point of contention I have with my father. Um, Shrunken brain versus holy brain. Holes. When you okay, so when we talk about the MDMA holes, we're only talking about holes that show up in functional studies, not anatomic studies. Okay. So the MRI you had only shows the anatomy of the brain. So the kinds of holes that people think of related to drug addiction would not show up. I think my dad just likes to hurt my feelings. Unless you had strokes. They're called this particular lacunar strokes, which are in the middle of the brain. They would have seen that, though, right? You would have been told about that. All right, good. Yeah. So the holes in your brain belong there. They're called ventricles. You have, everyone has holes in their brain. Thank God. Yeah, right. Thank God for my holy ventricles. We uh-huh. all have holes. Yours are holy, and that yours are H O L Y. So, have you been? Did you go to Stern lately? What's going on over there? Uh, Adam went over there on Monday, and he he actually sat on the couch and did the full interview. Um, I was going to do the after show, but they're doing it from out of town or something. So, there, there's some big controversy with Stern right now around where, around Venji. Well, I heard about that, but what I heard was like somebody's trying to like shame Howard because he told his staff to make fake Twitter accounts. Oh, I saw that. I heard about that. Which is like they should go fuck themselves. Yeah, I agree. I, I love Howard, and I just want he to was say- he wanted to he wanted was telling them to do it to get at celebrities so they could he can get them to the interview. I thought smart, good. It was it showed a. a a thing we don't see from Howard, which is weakness in, in that sort of arena. I don't think it's weakness. I think it's shrewdness. Well, I, I wish that the dopey fans would create some fake accounts that don't just <laughs> fucking berate me. Are they you berating know? you? What kind of stuff do you get? Just like uh, somebody wrote me, we just started a Patreon account, and mm-hmm. somebody just texted me or tweeted at me that I must have started the Patreon account so my wife doesn't see that I can still buy dope. That was, that was I mean... And I, I, I take that's that actually funny, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, exactly. But uh, it could be. <laughs> no, could it be. is not. I, I understand it's not, but you're you're a junkie, so it could have been. I mean, the okay. Patreon account was was which I feel kind of guilty about. Like I never wanted to ask for money. Yeah, I know. But they're like, ask for money. We want to give you money. 
the Patreon account was used to like advance Dopey. Yeah. Like today, I went to B and H and I bought some gear that we're enjoying right now. Oh, you just bought this stuff? Not this. I oh. bought that mic stand. I bought a new mic. I bought a bag. I was I was going around with my my mother's LL Bean tote bag, and every time I left the house with the gear, it would rain. Oh. So I'd have to like put some shirts on top of it. I was like, I'm going to Doctor Drew. I, I love like, that you're mobile and can do this wherever. This is the best. It's cool. All right, we have our special guest coming here in just a second. So we'll take a little break, and we will be right back. Let's talk about CBD. It's, of course, everywhere today. It's a hot topic, and I get asked about it all the time. Bottom line, although there are way more claims, there is very little clinical evidence just yet. The science is lagging behind, but many people are using it and reporting anecdotally very good results. I want to first define exactly what we're talking about here. CBD, or cannabidiol, is an extract from hemp. And while you might associate it with marijuana, CBD is the non-high, non-rewarding component of hemp, and it's responsible for other effects, calming, sleep, not high. Now, about the products. There are a ton of them out there today. Forget the vast array of reported health benefits. It's important to be aware of what you're buying. I was recently introduced to a company called Select CBD, an Oregon-based company that focuses on high-quality ingredients and manufacturing standards, no hype. Their CBD-based products are available in a wide range of formulations and flavors, each of which is clearly described to you so you can make an informed decision without promises that seem too good to be true. Like I said, the reported benefits of CBD are compelling, and I'm excited to see how things develop with the science as this booming industry gets going. So if you want to try CBD, you might check out Select CBD. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash select. That is my site, drdrew.com slash S-E-L-E-C-T. For a limited time, you can save 25% at checkout with the code DRDREW. All right, we are back. We have our very special guest, guest Kat Timpf. Hey, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. The uh, Tyrus and Timpf podcast. Yes. Get it at? At foxnewspodcast.com. Nice. And what are they going to hear? They're going to hear a lot of things about our personal lives and also a lot of weird stories about local crimes. Why? Because I tend to be interested in that. Why? Like, you know, the, you know, like the woman who got arrested or banned from Walmart or whatever for drinking wine out of the Pringles can. That's good. Or, you know. So you like the oddity, the, the yeah, criminal yeah, oddities. Yeah. How about the woman that, the couple, the two women that cut the baby out of the woman and See, that's tried not to as, raise that's, the baby? that's not that, as fun to talk about. You, you prefer like, you drinking like the, out of the Pringles can. Yeah. yeah, it's not as fun to talk about. Any, any weird quasi-criminal drug addict behavior that you've that cat would like, you know, that fits well, her model. When I lived in California, um, and we would get tar heroin, and you didn't. I was before I shot it. Our thing was we would buy Afrin bottles. We'd empty the Afrin, and we'd always just load it up with tar and put water in there. So wherever we went, it's like vaping. You could surreptitiously be using heroin. Everyone so see, just, you could be on your way to heroin. Oh, so yeah, that's this, quite thrifty. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. it was it was incredibly effective. And I remember one time I was working for a TV show. And, uh, and I got I went into heroin withdrawal and they shipped me some tar and I went and I bought the Afrin bottle and on my way home on the flight um, you know I'm using the Afrin bottle and my buddy's like I have a really congested sinus can I use the Afrin and I was oh. like no it's oh. also gross to borrow somebody's yeah, Afrin yeah that's bottle. gross yeah. even if it's not heroin Afrin if something goes Herafrin Herafrin not gonna be sharing that it's like sharing boogers it's worse it's disgusting yeah but as a heroin addict I did much more disgusting things than that like so. give an example well sharing Afrin bottles of heroin is, is very disgusting um 
sharing needles is pretty disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I did that once, I have to say. Bob shared with an HIV positive dude. That was crazy. Did you see that documentary about I him? I did. Yeah. Did you ever do you know Bob Forrest? Mm-mm. He's Drew's one of Drew's many the, friends. The, the guy in the slippery rehab with the hat and the glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He fucking came out of rehab and um was dying to get high, so he wound up uh meeting this old man and he was about to share the needle with him and the old man told him that he was HIV positive. So uh, Bob decided to get as much uh, dishwashing detergent as he could and he washed the shit out of it like a hundred times. Boiled it, washed it. There's a claymation sequence of him doing it in the movie. It's amazing. (laughs) The movie's called Bob and the Monster. You should check it out. And then he just went, "Eh, I'm going to use it. I'll just use it. He used it and he, he lived to tell the tale. He got hepatitis, but probably unrelated. Hepatitis C yeah. from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some noise in the background. There's a party in the next room. We're in this sort of uh, open space, but I don't think you, they can really hear no, that. No, there's a party in here, too. Yeah, this, I, this is the this party. This counts as a party. This, this is the party. Is, yes. So Kat was at the Teen Mom reunion that people are reacting to so f- loudly. Yes. Um, the per- particular part where you, well, Cat came to meet Barbara and Janelle. That was yeah. your purpose well, in life. I, yeah, I, I had to. I, this is my second time meeting Barbara, and uh, I, you know, had to just see her again. <laughs> and then Janelle, what'd you think of that? She's so tiny. Yeah, she's and so. I, I just wanted to ask her so many questions about why she's choosing to live her life the way she's choosing to live her life, mm. but. I'm also kind of afraid of her, so I didn't do that. I didn't. You didn't, I know. I'm afraid of her. I was just kind of like, hi. <laughs> That's all you did. Hi. I've never been you, afraid of anyone like that You before. treated her the way you treated Chelsea. Yeah, well, Chelsea is... Well, I want Chelsea to be my best friend. <laughs> so I've made friends with Randy, which is nice. Yeah. Went out, had some drinks with Randy like a month ago. That's and Leah. Chelsea's dad. Oh, and, and Jeremy. Leah. Oh, wow. And... Uh, Cam, of course, of my course. boyfriend. Cam's been dragged into all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all went out, and Randy had a nice time. Oh, Randy got... Yeah. He likes New York, I think. Yeah, he had a good time. Yeah. He's a dentist from North Dakota. Perfect. And uh, he's an interesting, good, good guy. And he's got a great daughter, and she's yeah. lovely, and she had have a teen pregnancy, and now she's got her shit together. Yeah, she has right her now. shit together. Um, but Janelle, not so much. No. And so how did you experience what happened up on stage? I... Well, she just like stormed off when she was right. confronted about the Kaepernick stuff. Right. And it's just strange to me because I've been on set a lot, given as it's my job, and I've always stayed there when I've been there. You'll notice that uh, there's a lot of walking off that set over yeah. the years. Yeah. Kaylin did it all the time. Yeah. Janelle all the time. Farah all the time. Yeah. Then there was, of course, someone who walked on swinging. I was at that one, too. There's been more than a few of those. The Brianna one was sort of exceptionally intense. Yeah. Yeah. Melee at Teen Mom Land. It's happened. Yeah, yeah. How did you get roped into the whole thing? I'm obsessed with Teen Mom 2. All right. I've seen every single episode more than one time. I'm just so fascinated by it. Why? And I I don't know. And Um, not the OG, though. I've I've also watched most of the OG. Okay. Um, and uh, I was also very excited when you introduced me to Caitlin and Tyler. Oh yeah. Because I'm I'm I think that yes, they're that's great. something worthy of your obsession. Yeah, Caitlin they're and Tyler. Lovely. I remember before I met you, I once or no, this is after I met you because I texted you about it. But I saw them I on a plane. Oh yeah. And I was too scared to say hi. 
These are the people that intimidate me. <laughs> Why are you scared of this Janelle? <laughs> because she's a bit of a loose cannon. Are there any other figures in life that similarly intimidate you? I mean, if you were to walk up to Nancy Pelosi... When I met you, I was intimidated. Well, that didn't last very long. I was... Yeah, then I told you my life story like a week later. Um, As I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah. But if you walked into Nancy Pelosi, would that be intimidating? No. Yeah. No, because if she yelled at me, that'd be great. I'd just start filming it. Which I could have done with Janelle, I guess, but... Yes. I don't... But you never know what... Like, she's just... She doesn't so, give a shit if you if you fucking taper. She'll go no. berserk. Yeah. So Janelle is very fragile. Yeah. Right. She she gets her feelings hurt, and that's why she she's just exit. She just can't tolerate it, and she leaves. Right. And people get very confused about what I'm doing there. Yeah. Uh, I am a doctor. I'm not her doctor. Right. I'm not her therapist. I'm not doing treatment. I'm hosting a two hour reunion show. Right. I'm strictly hosting. I offer all of them my phone number. They can call me if they want to use me as a resource. Caitlin and Tyler do, particularly around Butch. Right. And but I'm not I don't have a license to practice in these states where we do these reunions. Right. I am not their doctor. It's very clear. I am their host of a show where I also happen to be a doctor, so I know kind of interesting questions to ask. Yeah. But the public cannot get their head around that. Or if something bad happens, you can intervene and, as a doctor. And, and a lot of that show, first of all, we, we as you have seen, we film for 20 hours. Yeah. 30 hours to get two hours of television. Yeah. So there's lots of editing and stuff that they have. the public has no idea what they're actually looking at. And there's scripted things right. that happen. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't try to help people understand that I'm not Janelle's doctor. I can't. She, not only that, there are Department of Social Services, the sheriffs, multiple therapists. They have their medical team. I'm not part of it. Yeah. If there was an emergency on set, would I, you be the one sure. who intervenes? Like in a, there I have could, been many emotional emergencies yeah, I on could set. do something. I could be, be a good Samaritan, but I I'm, would not. I would hand off to her doctor. All right. I just yeah. like that kind of a concept where Janelle's yeah. choking and you say, I'm a doctor. I, I can do handle this. I can do that. I like and that. I can deal with the emotional crises and things that come up too. But but it's not – that's just my skill set. It's not I'm treating somebody. I'm not responsible for their care. It's, you know – I try to make sure I try to make sure they don't get hurt. I sort of feel like that's just ethically my responsibility. That, that whatever happens up there, I try to contain it a little bit. So people are always like, "Why did you confront Janelle?" It's like, you could, what would happen if I confronted you when you were in your disease? It just I wouldn't give a shit. You would not give a shit, or, or, or you'd leave right. exactly, yeah. or you'd throw up every defense. You'd just throw up the four I would do shields. All of the above, yeah, one after because the other. People have a weird misconception that somehow by confronting people, you're going to change them. It's the opposite. When you confront somebody, they, they that's when you can't change them. You can't even get through to them at that point, yeah. especially fragile people like Janelle. Right. You have to be very gentle and very around behind. It's like, God, I wonder what, I wonder what's happening. How do you feel? Like, like after the whole uh, the whole Nugget incident, I nugget, nugget, her nugget. dog being murdered. Oh yeah, I have not. I, I, the first thing I do when I wake up every morning is Google Janelle. <laughs> Just to see what's up. Just to see what's up. Uh, is that sad? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. No. Well, because I mean, the other day the dog the dog like snapped at a, ba- a young a, child. A young child, and it was a Frenchie. This is important to the story. A Frenchie. Because you like Frenchies. Yeah. Well, because it's a little dog, yeah. man. Yeah. And he took the dog apparently threw it around and then took it out of the woods and shot it dead. Who did this? Her husband. 
Oh, man. And they're still together. And the dog's name was Nugget? The dog's name was Nugget. And he shot poor Nugget? Nugget. All right, be justice for Nugget. Is that what the hashtag is? That's the hashtag. Of course I know the hashtag. Come on. You think I'm an amateur? So what's the repercussions of this terrible fucking execution of the dog? Well, the kids got taken away. Yeah, the kids got taken away and she lost her job. How do I not know about this? Well, because you're doing the wrong thing when you wake up in the morning. You got to check. You got to be Googling Janelle every morning. Justice for Nugget. Yeah. And so I'm very concerned about her because she's lost her job. Yeah. So congratulations, everybody. It was was in crashing down to Janelle. Yeah. Now you've really put her in a bad situation. Her job was to be on Teen Mom. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And she and she was in a in mesh relationship with her husband. Was according to Barbara was working, even though there's many issues, many serious issues, but had a team of professionals working on them. Yeah. Now that's all disrupted. The kids are taken away. I got. I don't know what the status of their relationship is. And she lost her job. They were shopping at Lowe's together the other day. I okay. happen to know that right, as so well. They're, they're still <laughs> together again. Yeah. Barbara was actually defending David. David. Really? Yeah. yeah. Where are the children? Uh, with other relatives. Yeah. That's terrible. That's yeah, it, but, I mean, as funny as it is, but, that the but, dog it's, got but what kills me is it's that not, uh, my cat bit me the other day, and my boyfriend, to his credit, did not shoot my cat. Really? So. Did he throw it around at least? No. Did so. you consider shooting the cat for a second? I'm not insane. Okay. <laughs> no, he was more afraid of cat yeah. than the cat. Yeah. So, He's a good. smart man. But, but, uh, what bothers me is people on social media have harmed this woman directly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've social media can be really tough. I mean, I've never just had tough. it to they, that they, level, but I've had are, some hate. They are execu- executioners. Yeah. And they don't understand what they're doing, that they're literally harming people a lot. And it's what's interesting about that group, that Teen Mom 2 group, they came in, they, they, they started, their show started when social media started. So they're really the first sort of public figures to have to deal with this from the beginning. And it's not been good for them. No. No, I know. It's not good for anyone. People forget they're talking to a real person. And they also think they know them or their lives, right? which they have no clue about. I mean, I have some clues, but I've done a lot of Googling. And you've met them, and you see it's not quite what you thought. No. Yeah. No. And so it's, it's and look, does Leah seem different to you now that you've actually had drinks with her? And yes. Her, right? Yes. Okay. The same thing would happen if you went out and had dinner with Janelle. Yes. You would think different. You would think that you would have a more complete picture of this life and this human being. And and be more respectful, frankly. Other way, the way the world deals with it is though they're cartoon characters, cartoon characters and pin cushions, things that they can just or p- punching bags yeah. that they can just express their moral superiority and outrage upon. Yeah. Amber came on uh, Dopey and uh, and she was a pleasure. Yeah. And then I had a convert and she she swore to me on Dopey that she'd never drink again. Uh-oh. And uh, and she wound up drinking again. And okay. then we had this long talk about it. And she was just the sweetest, yeah. the sweetest person. Yeah. You know? She has outburst, but when you see her. Of course, the outbursts go on TV. Yes. But when she's sort of her normal self living her life, she's lovely. Yeah. It must be very, it's a, it's a, must be a real burden to Gary to be one of these people. And I mean, I don't know what the income is for a teen mom, like how good it is or what the upside is. But even one nasty comment at me, like, it fucks me up. Really? Yeah, I have no fucking skin. I am incredibly. I, I didn't used to. I used to. I remember back when Amazon first started putting up uh, book reviews, like commentary about books, because I've written a few books over the years. It would drive me out of my mind. I'd read them. I'd be just like, I would experience righteous indignation. 
question. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you to say that? You have no idea. And now I just don't listen to anything anymore. Yeah, I just get used to it. I try to not be on. So yeah. if people write nasty stuff on to you on social media, you don't care? Not anymore. Not so at all? Kat's a anymore. hardcore libertarian. It says brutal things on television. <laughs> <laughs> there must and, be terrible repercussions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yeah. And I, but... It, uh, we're doing a podcast. We're doing That's a podcast. Dave from Dopey. That's Kat Temp from Fox News. And we're doing uh, hashtag this you live this life podcast. Bob Forrest, because we're in New York City, Bob Forrest is not here. Dave is sitting in. Kat's our guest. We and love we're, Bob. We're having out. Yeah, we do love Bob. And I butt dialed Bob today and he called me right back. I said, sorry, I butt dialed you. Um, but uh, I, I always, I was telling Dave that I fashioned myself a libertarian. Yes. Until I met you. Yeah, no, I'm hardcore. Yeah, she's the real deal. Legalize everything. Now I feel like kind of a socialist. (laughs) I feel like I might be a little bit of a socialist. I do. Because I'm I'm looking for solutions. Like, I can't stand what's going on in California with the homeless and the stuff. And the road. There's so many things in California that are literally the unraveling of civilization. I'm asking the government to do their job all the time. And I don't see a libertarian solution to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just less government can be better. More I, government's not always the answer for oh all the God. problems. I, I, that's that's what I thought, and that, I think it very, very rarely solves problems well. Very rarely, right. occasionally, but very rarely. And I've always believed that too. But I am calling upon them to solve some things. Mm. There's stuff they got to do. I was flying home. I went on a family vacation last week. We went to the Bahamas, and I was flying home. I rarely watch news programs on TV, but I was on the plane, and I see Fox News, and they're saying that uh, the headline is 48% of Americans think socialism is a good thing. Yeah. So I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. So I start listening to it, and they're basically talking exactly what you were talking about, but in the negative way. Yeah, well, it's, it's that, it, that study actually showed that everyone means something different. Because they, they don't know what socialism they is. They don't know what it is. They don't know what they're talking about. They're actually meaning little pieces of socialism. Everyone wants a little piece of it. No one really wants the big, the big thing. But in that same day, there was another study by an organization called... Oh shoot! These guys are going to kill me. I forget their like civic. Mm, I can't remember the name of it. But they did a study. You guys are going to love this. And do you, do you watch the TV show Veep? I've seen some episodes. Okay. Well, there was a storyline with Jonah running for president, and he he really caught wind when he said Arabic numerals. Those are those are terrorist numerals. We got to get ter- Arabic numerals out of the schools. No more Arabic numerals. <laughs> and he got this huge groundswell of support around eliminating Arabic numerals from school. Fifty-eight percent of Americans agreed Arabic numerals should not be taught in schools. What? Fifty-eight. That's more than half. It it took my breath away. I with the with that little piece of data, I thought to myself, I can't I can't believe whatever comes out of the American mouth now. I don't care if you're that ignorant and that xenophobic that Arabic numerals brought here by Leonardo. We're talking about the same thing. One two three four five. The things you know as numbers are called Arabic numerals. Leonardo of Pisa brought them into the the Western European lexicon in the 12th century. His also name, his other name is Fibonacci. You know him as Fibonacci. He's the one that brought them here, and they've, we've been using Arabic numerals for the last thousand years, roughly. Maybe I'm retarded, but I didn't know Fibonacci or Arabic numerals. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I, but it's uh, to me that was just. 
numbers. 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 I got no problem with numbers. I'm glad I learned a little bit about them when I was in school. It served me well. People don't like the word Arabic. I understand that, but how ignorant can you be? As to and xenophobic at the same time, that it really I thought I don't care what any other poll ever shows, yeah, because it's meaningless now to me. This is this is who's taking these polls. I don't yeah. care what they. Uh, I don't care what. And they I vote don't. probably, huh? I, now probably. I'm sad. I didn't come here to get sad. All right, but... well, so we're going to talk more Teen Mom for you. Okay. We'll, talk, <laughs> we'll talk more about Janelle. Um, so okay, so who else do you like in Teen Mom? Well, Ch- I'm obsessed with it. Chelsea. 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 She's the best. She's doing great. I like. I like just I, I all oh. of them I'm afraid of. Yeah. Oh, there's another thing I was taking shit for on, on social media is that I I said something about her getting a break and letting the husband babysit. Just a just a just a turn of the phrase. Yeah. I I, I when my wife would go do stuff I would babysit my kids. Yeah. So it, it's it it means leaving somebody behind to watch the kids. Right. It can be the husband or the wife or somebody hired. It's just somebody taking. The heat for that night left behind while somebody else does something else. Babysitting. Yeah. How dare you say baby? Husbands don't babysit. Oh. Well, I did lots of babysitting. Yeah. I babysit and time. and fathering. But if I wanted to give my wife a break, I would say, "Let me babysit." I go. I'll take it myself. Yep. People get so. If I, I wrote this column where the headline was about this. Uh, Grand, great grandmother who got locked up because she had a CBD pen oh, at I Disney saw that. World. Yeah, what'd you and write? She just thought it was bullshit and insane. I thought it was illegal in all fifty states. I thought this? I thought so too. I, it was insane. But somebody tweeted at me. Uh, never use the word mother or grandmother when referring to a woman if it has nothing to do with the story. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? I did that because I was being sexist against myself. Like, <laughs> you caught me. Like, I, I just it, I just don't understand. Also, it was a little relevant. She was at Disney World, and I think it'd be stranger if she was a 70-year-old woman just kicking it by herself yeah, at that Disney would be World. Real. So the, the grandmother, it was relevant. It's, and, it's, by the way, it's a, it's, a, it's a story point. Yes. It's part of the story. Correct. And she, even if it's not, if it was a grandpa, I would have said the same thing. And by thing. the way, what do you call it? Maybe the, a, a two-generation removed relative yeah, of this just, child? Or what, what do you have but to call take it? the time to tell me that. It's so weird Insinu- people would do I love when people insinuate that I'm sexist against myself. I just don't understand. Like, I, you know, I, sometimes, you know, I've, you know, it's been You like, need to be more non-binary. Yeah, right, clearly. exactly. Because I'm, I'm a woman, you know, I identify <laughs> as a woman, always have. I believe I always will. Nice. Um, you never know, though. You know, sometimes things can, things can happen. You never know. I mean, I'm not the same person I was five years ago, maybe five years from now. I don't know. But I just don't understand that. Or, like, I hate when people are like, yo, this is stupid shit, or you're an idiot, or you're dumb, or your, your tits are small, or this oh or that. Oh, my God. I get a lot of the your tits are small comments, and what? it's like, I'm so thankful for them, though, because if I didn't get those comments, how else would I know? Yeah, you know? I guess right. Uh, how else? I, I, I just, like, go to the store and, like, pick out a double D bra and put it on and be like, what's wrong? Why yeah, doesn't this fit? I don't Twitter. understand. Not until Twitter But thankfully, that. Twitter came along, and yeah. now I know which bras to buy. That's good. They so, incredibly useful. Did a service. So a, a lot of people would be alarmed what some of you know their grandpas will say to me on Twitter. Grandpas? Oh, yeah. Like, they'll just say, like, really sexual, weird things. So you get, you get sort of weird acting out behaviors. Oh, yeah. You either I get... get Punishing or sexual acting? Yeah, that's out. why I, I don't really read my Instagram comments because when I do, it's either sexual harassment 
like you know I want I want to come on your glasses. Or, oh, that's a common one. What? Or this guy named Daddy Loves Your Pretty Feet, you know, or Uh-oh. very various feet accounts want to sniff my toes, want to buy my old op- shoes do you off me. you wear open stuff on Gutfeld? I do sometimes, and I always regret it. Yeah. Like, you know, some people, you know, like, they like to, you know, post little pictures of their toes in the sand on the beach. And, you know, like, with, like, a little inspirational caption. I can never do that, A, because that's douchey, but if I wanted to couldn't do it because i you know you'd know someone be jerking off to that and i just don't want to do those kind of favors for daddy loves your pretty feet i'm so sorry yeah well the other women who are putting their feet in the sand have that happening to them right I, I don't know. They're probably not as many strangers follow them on the right, internet. Right, right, right. Men are beyond. We're just beyond. I want to come on your glasses. Seems like really intense. Yeah. I, I, nobody's ever texted that to me. I don't wear glasses, but yeah, that's probably I do. Why. I do, and no one's ever texted that to me. Well, you know, consider yourself lucky because it ha- it's happened to me. Many times, and like these people will have their real face next to their profile, and you know, and it'll be like, wow. then I'll go to their account, and it's like them and their children, wow. and I'm like, wow, you know, this is on the internet. People can see this. If I was married to someone and I saw he was like messaging that to strange women on the internet, I would be quite upset. Yes, I understand. You know, quite. I'm even going to throw a quite in there before yes. upset. Yes. To convey yes. just it's, how I would feel. The it's magnitude so of your outrage. It's hysterical. I yeah. want to come on your glasses. I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm sorry. I just think it's so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond. It's hysterically horrible. I don't understand how people think about stuff like that. And I, and no. I think I know men pretty well. Yeah. I, if it's I next level. It's totally next it level. It makes sense to me that men would go there, but I don't know how they get themselves to go there. You know what I mean? Some I, I got like this whole paragraph one time that said this whole fantasy like I'm gonna buy you glasses with windshield wipers wow. on them because uh, you're gonna need them no. with how much I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his profile picture I'll never forget it was like a purple cartoon hippopotamus and I'm like you know you look a lot less threatening than you really are purple cartoon hippopotamus yeah it's always weird to get sexually harassed is, by a cartoon um, hippopotamus wow isn't that cartoon got a name. The purple hippopotamus. I think it was a cartoon in the sixties. Yes. I so think you so know, too. yeah, yeah. He's an it's older guy. My Instagram account. I'm sorry. It's actually yeah. <laughs> Isn't it Penelope? I have no idea. I don't know a lot about cartoon hippopotamus. You don't know about cartoon history and no it was like the New Zoo Review or something. But that's just I New Zoo Review is a bunch of Muppet, weird, Muppet weird characters. like people in outfits. But yes. there was a purple hippopotamus character. Oh, that's review. probably where it came from. It's very yeah. disturbing. Yeah. Yes. I'm old and I watched a lot of TV. Us? Oh, fucking Artie. First of all, before... You did, you did a dopey pod with him. The last time... Koza. Huh? Koza was the name. Koza? Yep, the elephant. Was... <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. Thanks, Cam. Well the done. The last time I saw Chris alive was at Artie Lang's house. Mm. Um, I love Artie Lang. The story about Artie is uh, he's been on probation, and he did something that violated his probation, and oh. he got arrested. Uh, I don't think... For, we saw I, him doing cleanup and stuff. He was doing trash cleanup. And the th- way you Google Janelle, I Google Artie got to, it. to see what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know what's going on with him, but I want to think that he didn't relapse. I saw him on uh, in a video. He said he had 111 days clean. He sounded crisp. He sounded You could good. tell. If you spotted, you got it. So. Uh, I, I mean, Artie, Artie's, But Artie's, like, the best of them. I mean, he can, he can manipulate and charm. I was in his house. He was all fucked up. I had no fucking idea. Really? I, I didn't know Chris was high. I just didn't know. I just, you know, I just assumed yeah. they were on my level or... Yeah. They said they were clean. Like, I just give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I would I, hate I have been duped by the best. Yeah, I just would have hated 
to uh, have been clean and someone tell me that I was using. So if someone tells me they're clean, unless I, they're all fucked up. Right. I, I make that assumption too. Although know. I will, if I have the ability, go, here's a cop. So what, what's your take on the Artie story? Um, I'm always, re- and Artie, peace and love, my friend, I, I say this with peace and love, I'm always relieved when he's in prison or jail. Well, he's there now. Now, not to say he couldn't get drugs there. I mean, he's pretty coy, pretty cunning. Uh, if, some, if anybody could get him, he could in prison. But I still think he's better off there than on the street. Did you see him pumping gas in the video? I saw him working on a, a trash truck or something. Yeah, yeah. He seemed yeah. good, though. He yeah. seemed, like, boisterous and, like, Oh, sure. yeah, that's right. He was at a gas station one point talking to somebody. He was talking about Howard. He was sending Howard his love. Yes, it was very yes. sweet. I did see that. And, um, you know, when people are not resentful and not aggressive and not irritable, I figure they're totally sober. So that looked a little sober to me. But I, And, you know, look, here's the dirty little secret of, of addiction medicine. If for severely addicted individuals, it, here's, the, here's the data. It usually takes about eight years, during which time, Dave, they, do, they self-initiate attempts at stopping. That's the first eight years. Then the next four to five years... They spend trying to get clean. Is it eight years after that? I'm sorry. It might be five years self-initiating and then eight years and four or five treatments to get one year of sobriety. That's my story right there. Yeah. You know, I, I got clean probably after 13 years of, of heroin. Of trying, yeah. yeah. It's, you try by yourself, then you try in treatment, and it takes multiple, multiple treatments. And eventually you get one year. And Artie is still in that trying phase. He's got more, more, more years than that in it. Um, but, in uh, using or yeah, yeah, yeah but he's but he's never he really didn't try right, right, and I think he is trying now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, he he's, seems incredibly earnest, and I only like peace and love, and I wish Artie only good stuff. All right, so that's I have a question that brings it back to Janelle. Uh-huh. Um, she had some bad drug problems. Yeah, so she has some bad drug problems, and I noticed on the most recent season of Teen Mom, she mm-hmm. was drinking beers a lot. Not is, good. That's not good, right? If it's you not good. Had if a, she was an addict, I, I don't know. I never got involved with her treatment or anything, so I don't know if she actually. She, there, there are people that use a lot of drugs, especially these days, that aren't addicts. Yeah, it's we never used to see that. Everyone was like Dave. That's that's yeah. all I took care of for many years. But then with doctors pouring pills out everywhere, we started seeing people that look like addicts, but we take them off the drugs. They're they didn't. Fine. They didn't want them anymore. Yeah, and that's not you. Yeah. No. yeah, and no. that's not what I'm used to. But there is a lot of folk out there like that now, and she might have been one of those. What's the deal with folk like that? I, I feel like that's the availability of very powerful drugs is so profound now. People that are psychiatrically not well or trauma survivors, whatever, looking for solutions to their problem, find their way to drugs, and it's just they get strung out. But they don't, they're not addicts in the sense of that I they don't have substance use disorder per se. So what else is going on there in Facebook? I'm going to hang out in New York with my family. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to see, I'm going to be on her TV show tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a good time. I know, I got to work on that. Yeah, what are you going to do? Good. What do you have to do to work on it? I, they give us these topics and you think yeah, about them. you think of fun stuff. What are the topics? Yes, that'll be Saturday. Probably some of that since it's live. Greg yes, I'll, I'll be show. sitting next to Kat, I think, yes. right? Well, I, I we maybe know. one removed. I never know. I never yeah. know who will be next. And Tyrus, Kat and Tyrus will be there. Yes. And what were the topics? Let's talk about. We're going to be talking about the YouTube camp, camp, which is to learn what to learn how to be a YouTube star. Parents are sending them. And if I this camp was around when I was a kid, you'd be and there. my parents you'd did be, not send me, I would be a pissed off. Yeah, I would be pissed because I had to, you know, 
do the whole attention seeking thing the normal way, like without the internet. What did you do? Um, well, I was really into Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Do you know that I knew them too? Really? Did you wear this? No. Oh, dude. Really? Maybe I shouldn't tell you this part tell of my, story. my life. Tell me. Uh, I had an eight, I had a show on MTV at one, one time. Mm-hmm. You wear this? Loveline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to every episode of Loveline on YouTube uh, okay. since then. But, Come on, but, Drew. But, but it was a TV show for a while. Uh-huh. And America and Ashley decided they were going to do their big breakout movie. Uh, and it, they, just, they brought everyone over from MTV to play characters on their thing. And I was one of them. And uh, I, I was their father on the New York Minute. Wow. That's right. <laughs> See, I'm more of an It Takes Two gal. <laughs> Uh, more of a how the West was fun gal. Got it, got um, it. But I'm sorry I, you missed my cinematic triumph. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I know what I'm doing right after this. Yeah, gonna, so. Well, let's have a watch party. So anyway, um, they were lovely, by the way. Mary-Kate particularly. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. my favorite. She's yeah. better than Ashley. I'm not better. She just was, she was just... Um, She's more of a people person than Ashley. Um didn't she had some stuff going on, right? Mm. And I sort of, I think I sort of picked up on some of that. Just tend, more tender, sweeter person, I'd say. Yeah. Sort of, you know. So Ashley should get her shit together. No, Ashley was, was She's listening. Ashley? No, she's fine. What's she's, your deal? What's your deal, Ashley? Mary-Kate was always... But I, I wanted to be a detective like they were on the Super Duper Snoopers <laughs> show. So when I was like seven years old, I used a typewriter that my dad had to make flyers advertising my detective agency. How were you? Like seven or eight. Wow. And uh, never got a call to solve any murders, unfortunately. Uh, I was really hoping that I would solve crimes. Thank God you didn't run into the gentleman that seemed to be attracted to you on Twitter these days. (laughs) No. When you were seven, that would have been a catastrophe. No, it would have been. It's awful. Wait, how did we get down this rabbit hole? Uh, I was... was, No, YouTube camp. YouTube YouTube camp. camp. All right. But maybe it's like... um, you know, like apprenticeships now. Like maybe this is a new kind of skill set that just we're sort of irresponsible if we don't let kids develop. Oh, yeah. It's, I would have been a yeah. child YouTube star. Yeah. But instead, I just... Greg Gutfeld. Instead, right. I uh, just kind of like made up plays alone in my room. What else are we talking about? Give me um, two more topics. Avenatti. Well, that's easy. What is Avenatti? Avenatti, the attorney. He's not a good dude, it turns out. Stormy Daniels' attorney. Turns out not such a good dude. What's wrong with CNN that they put him on 24-7 and started talking about giving him his own show and running for president? Yeah, he was on top of the world and now he's going to go to jail. It's not as though this wasn't known by the legal community. Right, that's what's interesting. What's up with what's interesting? You what, maybe CNN, maybe Fox News. I'd investigate you and me. Yeah. Maybe they're making huge mistakes putting us on. I don't understand the whole him allegedly stealing settlements from clients. He would like he'd get like a five million dollars settlement and would keep four million and tell the client they got one. Okay, so that's how he did it. Mm. Because I was like, you think they're not going to notice? Like, it's not like a piece of candy. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, if that's missing, you're going to be like, hey, where's my multi-millions I, I of dollars? I guess he was just lying about what the, what the symbol Oh, so was. some good old-fashioned lying. Just good old-fashioned stealing and lying. Just lying stealing and stealing. lying. All right, basic, great basic, guy. Basic stuff. He planned to pay him back. It was no, just borrowing. No, I don't fall for that shit And what's our second. third topic? Uh, what else do we got? You said Bill de Blasio. We're going to talk yeah, about, about the Democratic Blasio? race. Oh, I'm the- going to focus on de Blasio, because, like, what is he doing? I know. He's got a little work to do here. You, no shit. Yeah. Is the it whole- real, though? Is it real? It doesn't See, seem Whatever real. it is, it's distracting him from here, and that's yeah. not good. The, have you been on the L train lately? <laughs> it's yeah. like, come on. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. I l- rarely go a day without seeing somebody pee on the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rare, you, I mean, you know, but I'm going to tell you, compared to the mayor of Los Angeles, you have a saint. Yeah. Because you, you will. Uh, There's people gotta, shitting on the street there, then. Shitting, everything, ing. Dying yeah. on the street. That's our problem. Is they're yeah. just dying, dying, dying because there's it, it's such squalor that and the rats have taken over. It's wow. literally it's like some sort of rat kingdom now in Los Angeles. Well, in L.A., everyone shoots up into their neck on the street. Yes, and here. Yes. I mean, like when I was a kid, you we know, it's le- they won't on the street here, but we don't do it anymore. They won't yeah, arrest they people. The they will not arrest them in L.A. for using. Oh yeah, you literally walk downtown in L.A., you're seeing people shooting up into their neck. Yeah, oh, the, and the, the cops to do, and the cops fight like, feet away. Like you feel left out if you're not doing it. I, I that's one of my regrets as a as a drug addict that I yeah. never got to hit my neck. Did you hit your penis? Never. Penis or neck. That, those never. are those are what real drug addicts do. I'm a real drug addict. I feel very comfortable with never having hit. My Saw neck. an episode of Intervention, also one of my favorite shows. That's a good show. Um, where the late the woman was injecting into her butthole. How did she do that? That's a whole thing. That's, that's a, a thing. Whole, that's a whole thing. Now, but something. why though? Oh, because the hemorrhoids are there. I don't know. I have a friend. Yeah, there's a lot of veins down there. Yeah, a yeah. Dopey guest who was just on. Hey, what's the matter, Susan? You can't tolerate a little, little drug addict just talk? Just a little butthole talk. <laughs> just... He would use meth, Dr. Drew. He would use meth, and he and he shot meth, but his favorite way of doing it was sticking it up his, his ass. That was. His he would, he'd, he'd, he'd absorb it through his... But this is shooting into the... Into a the needle... Ink. In, in, but how do you put a needle into a hole? You mean into his into the anus, into around the anus, the rectum, if you will. No, so not you're just sh- kind of skin popping the anus. Basically. Uh, yes, except there there are big veins down there. That's what that's well, what. How, how do you how it? do you see them? Yeah, you, that's what a hemorrhoid them? is. That's yucky. I think you need help for that. I think how, you you're injecting your hemorrhoids. If you're really, I would hit tend it to properly, agree. I would intend. You know? Hey, you know, what's the worst? Maybe, you sclerose the vein. You can. The hemorrhoid gets better. But it does. Sort of a genius. When I would miss a vein, you know what I'm saying. If I missed a vein. You don't get the same feeling. You don't get the same rush. Right, of course. You know, so if you're if you're going to the trouble of shooting, maybe up this into, person has bad hemorrhoids. Well, or maybe he has shitty veins. Either way, it was a woman. I yeah, believe her name older? was Katie. Was Katie? No, older. she was like not that old, but she looked super old. She was like mad addicted to drugs. Yeah, boy, it's bad times. I mean, obviously, if you're shooting into your anus, you probably. <laughs> Need to get some help with that. I'm so glad you were here, Kat, to share this with us. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, this is the show. I, yeah, my, my boyfriend will not watch Intervention with me. Why? Yeah, Cam. Why? Too, too disturbing? Yeah, too much a little bit. I had like a month clean, and my wife was like, I need to watch Intervention. Does it bother you? And I'm just sitting there, and it's <laughs> like all you're seeing is your life. And, and I love Intervention. The only thing that I didn't love about Intervention was the repetitiveness of it. I love that stupid song. How about the song at the end? Sing it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Yeah. yeah. What is that? What I don't know. It's like, why don't we record a version where you can hear the words? I love it, though. And you sing it really nicely. Thank you. I'm tone deaf. It's like, don't go chasing rainbows is what I hear. So the repetitiveness, because the structure is the same. Yeah. Drug addicts have repetitive stories. I know the best one. Do you see the one where the guy who huffs the the the, the spray cleaner and yeah. she's like all very sad? How about Jeff Van Vandersloss and he fucking Van relapsed. Van Vanderen? He relapsed and they should have done an intervention about him. That yeah. would be the show I want to. Who see. is he? Who's he's, he's the guy that says, "Listen, we all really love. We all. Love love, like I death. see a lot of people who love you like crazy, oh, but they the, feel like, the, yeah. but oh, they the feel like they're losing. That they feel like they're losing you. Dude, that's or really good. you're going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to say what you're going to say. We're going to say, and then we're done. Or there's 
The bottom line of an intervention is there's nothing we won't do to help you get better, but there's nothing we will do to help this, let this go on one more day. This is really good. We love I'm a Von like Vonderen fan. We love, see a bunch of people love you like crazy, but they feel like they're losing you. So, Kat, your they want to fight to give you back. would be if Janelle had an intervention and Van Vanderslash was the interventionist. I'm going to need be... you to respect him by calling him Van Vonderen. Wait, but he, re- he relapsed. He relapsed. Yeah. He, now he's, he's back, though. He's back oh, intervening again. No. Yeah. Mm. Who was the, the other one, the old lady? Candy Finnegan. I love her. Well, love Candy Finnegan. Candy's a friend. Candy's been on this show. Wait, can, you know Candy Finnegan? Yeah, yeah. Susan, you know Candy. Yeah. yeah. You know Candy Finnegan? Yeah. Candy and her husband. Podcast. And her husband's a great guy, Can I too. just, like, sit there and watch? If you want And to. see her in the flesh? Yeah. She's the best. She is a we, badass. She's badass, and I've known her since I was, since for early in my career with, with uh, dealing with drug addicts. I think Kat uh, sang the was. song really well. Yeah. I really, really like it. But Candy, sing- Candy is worthy of your time. Oh, she, hell yeah, she, she yeah. is. And what's the husband's name? I'm forgetting the husband's name. He, I have no he's idea. also badass. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, like that together. Canadian guy, though. Ken Seeley? Yeah, with the beady eyes. I don't like him. The meth addict? Yeah, I don't Ken like Seeley? him. Ken Seeley? Was he a meth addict? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Really? Yes. I, think he's I know for a fact alcohol. he was. Really? I know for a fact he was, sir. I don't like him. Oh, I do. You like Ken, too. Is but there Candy, you don't like? I, um, no. I don't like Ken. <laughs> I love Jeff and Candy. Candy is, like, the best. Candy should be your idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she, she is. It's worthy. Okay, okay. I, I, I wake up every morning with a big poster of her over my bed. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to have her do an intervention on you about letting go of Janelle. That's what okay. I'm well, I Google, I do Google her a lot. It's just, you know, uh, it, it, the, this relationship that she's found herself in, I'm just like so fascinated but, with but it. But she's had, think about, she's had, she's had in many, in some ways worse. Yeah. Believe it or not. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not in any way excusing anything he has done, and I'm, and I'm, nor am I saying it's in any way okay. But she's had really problematic relationships her whole life. Yeah. Her, and remember, her dad, gone. Barbara has been tough. Yeah. Every relationship in her life has been a disaster. Yeah. And, you know, this, this one, I, the other thing they're getting on me about is early on in that relationship, Barbara told me that he, he keeps her kind of glued together. Like yeah. he, like I, and I, and he was. I was trying to compliment him. I was looking for ways to try to make a rapport with him when he was still on the show. Yeah. And I said, "Well, you, you at least you keep her, Janelle, kind of glued together, like emotionally supported." And that's unfortunately has nothing to do with his abusiveness. It's how she gets sucked into this relationship. It's yeah. Sort of, it's sort of now they're like in this enmeshed thing. Yeah. And where he's he says everything he's doing is for his family, and she says she'll do anything to protect him. You called it trauma bonding. It is trauma bonding, yeah. Because I, yeah. you know, I don't want to get too much into this, but I went through my own really bad relationship, and mm-hmm. that was a term that you introduced me to that helped me a lot. Good. Understand, because if you're the only two in it, you you the worse you, it you gets. You mentioned this too. She was in her, when she was a kid was in a relationship like that. Yeah. And the, uh, the trauma. You, you understand the concept of trauma bonding? Yeah. Tell us trauma bonding. It's, it's you literally, when you're in extreme situations, humans need attachment, right? They, they go to each other. And if the person that you're normally in love and attached to is the source of the trauma, it's crazy making. And for whatever neurobiological reasons, it makes you attach even more powerfully to that person. Yeah. It's like the it's pimp, real the pimp ho relationship kind of thing. Kind of, it, it's that kind of stuff. It, right. It's that you 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 go in and you get you get it's it becomes a cult of two is what it is. Yeah, that's what you said, cult yeah, of two. Yeah, it becomes cultish. You get sucked into this thing, right? And uh, but it's an intense. It's a biological intensity that if you're not aware of how your brain, what your brain's doing to you, you stay. 
Yeah. It's fascinating. It yeah. Doesn't make sense to anyone who's never experienced it. Probably not. It doesn't even it make sh- sense to myself. Right. And and that's the that's part of the crazy making. But but again, just think about it this way. The the person who is your your deepest attachment in the moment is the source of the trauma. Right. So you're going to the person who's the source of the trauma. Wow. It's, that that makes your brain just Yeah. It, it fractures your and it makes you look for you you end up being kind of confused and um you 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 get to go into protest you like it's like it's like a mom being separated from their a baby being separated from the mom they protest baby protest you start having protestation feelings when you're trying to get away from that person because you feel like this need to be with them even because of the intensity of the bonding yeah it's very crazy making and that's janelle's thing Probably. I, I don't know. I, I'm not in with her enough to know, really. I just, you know, J- Janelle, we always handle very carefully, you know, so I don't really know all what's going on with her. See, I'm glad I'm just stuck on uh, this terrible end of Game of Thrones as opposed to Teen Mom. You didn't like that? Oh, it was so bad. I don't watch that show. You're lucky. It was so bad. What I tried. I tried to watch the first episode for like a couple minutes. Felt like homework. Didn't like it. Dr. Drew, did you watch it? Yeah. You liked it? I didn't like it, but I didn't dislike it. And and I felt like, God, these guys were in a conundrum. To, to finish this this legacy, how do you wrap it up nicely? For in a my way that money. Makes... For my money. Janelle gets the throne. Yeah, Janelle gets the throne. <laughs> you bring her in on a dragon out of nowhere. With Candy. Or candy With might, Candy yeah, Finnegan. Maybe, yeah, maybe, candy gets, maybe Candy's the dragon. If candy, can... candy be the hand. Candy, candy would be yeah, Janelle's candy, hand. Candy. No, the, the problem, if, if we're going to talk about this for a second, the problem started last season uh, because the chemistry, and I'm sorry, this is going to sound retarded, but the chemistry between Jon Snow and Daenerys was terrible. There was no chemistry there. And I believe there was no chemistry there because earlier on, the actor that played Jon Snow fell in love with the chick on the set, Egret, whatever. The redhead? Name, yes. Married her. Is, is that what happened? Yes. So he was scared of actually having feelings for fucking less he should unravel the the relationship so with their husband because of this actual chemistry uh, and on so what you're saying are actors should never be allowed to have sex well, not in real life other. maybe maybe with other people they should they should be clear the difference between acting and I, I mean life. that's my and also the writing was bad. I think also J.R.R. Tolkien or J. George got Martin out of it got fucked out of it. up and like it went to shit but it really went to shit uh, because they did a half season as the last season. The fans deserve more. We deserve better. I'm sorry. You're I, a also team think they, I also think they went too far with the extreme battle scenes and stuff. What was all was nice about so much of the season was the the specificity and intimacy of the relationships and the violence. Well, you, that's the, the, yeah. the, the most important thing to a great television show is relationships. Yeah. And the show started with amazing family relationships, yeah. family dynamics. It was cool. Were there always dragons in it? There were always there was usually a promise of dragons because I, I'm just turned off by anything that involves dragons. When I was in high school, there was this one kid who got expelled for trying to printing out his own fake money and trying to use it to buy snacks at Seven Eleven, and uh, he used to wear a lot of dragons on his shirt. I love that. So I'm like, yeah, he would like that show, and uh, he's he tried, now, tried to spin fake hundreds at Seven Eleven. Now in Texas and running for president. I have no, yeah, basically, right. But that show was hot. It was a hot. Isn't show that, that basically was, the story of? Um, What's it, not Budokrag, but the Texas... Uh, yeah, I forget his I forget the name. I've already forgotten his name. Is that weird? Wow. I don't know his name. I just know that that show had heat and chemistry and nudity and, like, it was... 
very, very hot. And then I think after it got much more viewers, it became very cold and sterile and tepid. And that's why it sucks. And like my in-laws watch it and they were like, they were like, this is too close to porn. And they stopped watching it because it was just too shockingly or maybe they, sexual. They yeah. lost all that too. Beta O'Rourke. Yeah. Oh my God. I couldn't even think of his crazy? name. Where? Man, he was a star for a while. But, and he, but he, when he was a kid, would have been that guy. Yeah, he was he was stealing and doing all kinds of stuff online. Remember, he had to he had a a a group of hackers he was in. Yeah, man. Probably wore dragon t shirts. He probably wore this guy had dragon blouses, like you know the men, the men blouses. So, they were satiny, <laughs> satiny. There was this one black one with these red dragons. Mm. Uh, that I a still young remember. Boy wearing a blouse with a dragon on it. Sounds like you're a little, little yeah. xenophobic. Maybe that was a Japanese or no, 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 no. This was like cartoon dragons. Uh, yeah. What are you gonna do? He also wasn't Japanese. No. Okay. Yeah, he no. had uh, frosted tips though. Oh, uh, at how old? Um, like fourteen, fifteen. Uh, frosted tips. Frosted Oof. tips and some dragon merch. Hey, let me show you where where Dave grew up. Right over there. I grew up right there. See where oh, that white? Building. See where that white dome is? Right next. The, to the it. buildings between it. Nice. And yeah. my dad still lives there. Nice. Your dad was a dentist. My dad is a teacher. He was always a teacher. My grandfather was a dentist. Oh right. He was right. a communist too. Interesting. He was a communist dentist. My my old grandpa. Papa. From where? They, From Russia. Was he part of the movement in Russia, or was he? He was actually a Mason. It's a very, I mean, he died when I was one, so I don't know much of the real story. But did he come, was he part of the Bolshevik Revolution, or? No. No, no. no. He, he just, just sympathized with it. Yeah, communist sympathizer. And, um, it's weird for Russia. Most of the ones over here were, like, not. I think he was, like, more of an intellectual. Uh, you know what I mean? He enjoyed, yeah. like, you enjoy socialism. I think he enjoyed yeah. communism in the same <laughs> so. way. Yeah, this is where I'm from. This is nice. It. Yeah, sweet. So, how, this producer, how are we doing on time? Well, Anything going on Facebook? They want to yeah, ask any. We have people following. It's been a long time, so they're, they're all very confused right now. Uh, like Why are they confused? Uh, oh, I love you guys. Where, where's Bob? They want to know. Bob is away, but we're, this, we're away. There's this one guy who's been asking a question for a while, but it kind of has to do a little bit with All right, what is it? It's about his own thing. Okay. Uh, You call law enforcement. Well, that's what that's what everybody was answering his question. Yeah, but he's he's obviously feeling very. Um, you call law enforcement yes. to, tonight. It's a very sad situation, but you have to be very firm and very clear, swift and sure. You don't don't screw around with that's that. Like um, I think threatening to it's, murder it's, someone yeah, is abusive. It's stalking. This is full-on stalking behaviors, and and when people are stalking, they're not well. They're having some psychiatric issues. I wish her the best, but in the meantime, you got to bring the axe down hard because that's the only way she's going to get help, and that's the only way this isn't going to devolve into something awful. Yeah, she needs to. Okay, so okay. Well, you you need to whatever doc. How old is this person? How old is he? No, this, this, the guy. I don't know. I didn't ask. Well, you, you do not fool around. With you. These, are, these are very serious things that should be dealt with with, with utmost urgency and, and swiftness. And if she threatens anything, she goes to the hospital. See, when I was in this relationship, he pulled a gun on me and I stayed with a dick. 
trauma bonding. Trauma, trauma bonding. She, he is away. She's stalking. It's different. It's different. And the stalking is what's escalating. And uh, and oh boy. and you should get a restraining order. You've got to just do be very very structured with it. And, and she hopefully will get some help. So, but uh, awful. Anything else on Facebook? Anything else on Facebook? Um, Anything on scrometing? Oh, I like. Where can they see you stand up? Oh, I need to book some more. Okay. I need to book some more. Anybody out there has a comedy club? Get get cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually quite funny. Uh, my last uh, stand-up act, I just made fun of my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm sure that was fun for you. Oh. How was that, Cam? You're on live right now. Very sweet about, it. Very sweet about it, making fun yeah. of. At the, the well, what he okay. meant is I ended the set by being, I, I said, get me pregnant. Bring you back around. <laughs> so, Was speaking of stalking sweet? behaviors, <laughs> just Was saying. That? Maybe that's the teen mom obsession. Maybe yeah. you wished you were a teen mom. No, certainly not. No. Certainly not. No. no. Okay. Are there more favorite TV shows than Intervention? Intervention, Teen Mom, mom too. Yeah. Um, and murder shows. What murder shows? All, anything about murder. So I you must said have, this... Remember, we had that whole HLN show. That's all we did was Jody Arias. And, oh, I've and... seen. I've seen your show, dude. Yeah, we, oh we... hell yeah. <laughs> Jody was... Arias. She fascinates me. Isn't she interesting. Did you yeah. like the second season of Making of a Murder? No, I couldn't get it was through it. Terrible. I couldn't get through it. And the it. first season was so good. So good. And the second season you can't watch. No, I. But Cam and I, we were going through TV, you know, Netflix the other day, and he's making suggestions. And I said the sentence out loud. I said, "Babe, if there's no actual murder in it, I'm not sure I'm going to like it." And I was like, "Oh, cat." And then you thought, "Yeah, that's about right." Yeah, it's about. I, I don't know. I mean, people kill their people, and then they, they, there's this show called Scorned Love Kills. It's like got so much gratuitous, like softcore porn in it, and uh, the actors are always like way hotter than the actual like people that were involved in the murders. Right. And I, my, so you're my, getting murder porn my, and porn. Yeah, my friend Nicole and I one time watched that for a whole day. We ordered delivery food like three times, and I got to the point where I was like, "Man, they're just people are just killing everybody." They're just, they're just. You start getting distrustful of everyone. Yeah, I'm like, geez, there's a lot of people out there that just. But in all fairness, from what I saw on the show, before they murdered each other, it seems like the sex was amazing. Right. Well, usually it is. Yeah. Murder sex is known to be yeah. really good, really so hot. So if you want to have the best sex, you do have to either murder or be murdered. Or get close to being murdered. Or, or yeah, you know, the show wasn't about people who escaped, because again, I would not watch that. Do you ever get interested in psychopathy? Psychopaths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're interesting, right? They're so interesting. Did, did you see the um, Ted Bundy series? Yeah, of, uh, of course, course I did. Of course, of course. Of course I did. People invited me out that Did night it came Killing, out. Did you watch Killing Eve? No, but you keep telling me I to watch it. I heard that show is bad. <laughs> We're going to love this. Gam, we got to watch Killing Eve. You, you, got, yeah, you have an assignment tonight. Oh, no. you, you are going to... Is it that good? Everybody's saying Everyone keeps telling me that yeah, I'm going to love too. it. Well, not only is it that good, it was made for her, given her okay. interest. Okay. It's beyond. So you should watch the show. Beyond. Okay. And in the second season, there is a guy giving a presentation about psychopaths. It's sort of a weird situation but he says when you think about psychopaths don't think about the traits they have think about human beings and then start subtract subtracting traits yeah. that make them human and now you have a psychopath 
Yeah. Yeah. So empathy, caring. Like how many people are psychopaths? 1%. 1%. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. I know. That's a lot of people. I know. And some of them are pro-social. They're not all killers, right? It's, It's sort of if you have that biology and you have some severe childhood trauma, then it's on. Yeah. Right. But it can make you just sort of an asshole. Yeah. You just don't empathize well with people. And you, there's a guy named James Fallon that, do we have him on this podcast? Yes. Yeah. He uh, was doing, he's a Irvine professor, a neuro, neuroscience, neuroscience professor. And he um, was doing studies on psychopaths, MRIs and functional MRIs in the brain and stuff. And he had a bunch of controls on his desk and he said he was going through them. He had, for the controls, he used like family and friends and students and stuff. He was yeah. going through and he went, oh my God, one of the psychopaths got mixed in with the controls. And he, he went to, went to un, unblind it and peel it back and it was his, it was oh, his wow. MRI. And so he started asking, you know, looking into himself and asking people around him what they thought of him. He said, yeah, you're, you're horrible. You're, you've, and, and apparently he has a certain, there's different kinds of psycho, psychopathy. And this particular type, they mistreat their family. Oh. Like they're very charming and stuff and can sort of sort of pro-social out in the world, but they're horrible to their family. And he started going back and lo- looking at his family lineage. And it turns out there's like a murder every, every other generation of a family member. And he's directly related to Lizzie Borden, oh, wow. who kills her family. Whoa. So how do you deal with that? He um, tries to be aware of it, and his family tries to keep him sort of... And him seeing the MRI was some sort of intervention, I guess. I guess. Something to contend with. Yeah. Yeah. How weird was it that he was studying psychopaths? Because, well, maybe because he was Yeah. And he said when he was an adolescent, he became hyper-religious, and he thinks that was a way of trying to compensate for his lack of feelings. So it's sort of interesting. Fascinating. So... We've had ups and downs today. We've, we've talked about addiction and teen mom and intervention. One percent. So yeah. Oh, that's more like. There, there's le- well, there, there's a lot of argument about where sociopath leaves off and psychopath begins. The way I think about it is, sociopaths tend to be more manipulative. They do have feelings. They can empathize. They just don't really care to, and they only are interested in what you can do for them. They're just sort of almost kind of criminally in that way. And psychopaths don't have feelings and don't. They're like robots, uh, and they really don't know that you really exist. It amazes me that, that it's that like stringent that you can that somebody is a sociopath versus they have sociopathic tendencies. Well, I guess. sociopath is there's missing pieces of the brain. Right, missing missing structures, and so that makes them not be able to have these things. And what about the sociopathic tendencies of an addict in That's, addiction? I would call it sociopathic, not psychopathic. Right, and, and pretty much all male drug addicts look like sociopaths when you first encounter them. Yeah, and the majority of them lose that when they get sober. That's a beautiful, significant thing. majority. Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can undo it. That's and great. Same, same with females. The females look the, the sort of women's the, the a, a female human's version of sociopath is borderline men act out women act in that's just the way we're wired and borderline all the women look like borderline when they come in for treatment that goes away too very often Hmm. fascinating so all that chaos and manipulation that you see when they're being intervened upon Mm -hmm. a lot of that goes away Hmm. when they just get off drugs and get sober yeah anything else on facebook before we wrap this thing up uh, Dr. Drew After Dark is the new version of that. I, th- I think you should go check that out. Um, and I think you will find that it is a new version of Loveline. You ever seen Dr. Drew After Dark? 
No, but I'm gonna know. You should be on it because I, you're you can technically be on it because you're a comedian. So yes. I just I just interview comedians. Oh, I'll be on and, it. And uh, and then we do love line voicemails and questions. You ever watch your mom's house with the Tom Segura? And Mm-mm. you might like that. It, this is a spinoff of your mom's house. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> All right, why don't we wrap this thing up? You good? I'm good. Everyone good? Everyone happy? Oh, what? yeah, I just got a Fox Nation show. What? It's a comedy advice show, so no, oh obviously you'll be on it. Why are we not like promoting that and like somehow tying it into that thing we did for Tom about Loveline? I don't know. It would be a perfect storyline, right? I know. Well, it was just could, announced today. It was announced early. Love Lines. What's the you, show? What are you it's called Sincerely Cat. We answer viewer questions. Amazing. And then we have sketches, too. Perfect. So, yeah. I'm we'll be, be we'll sketch. be we'll be collaborating. Done and done. I'm back, I'm back in July 14, Mom. OG. Oh, I, I guess I'll go. be seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's that? It's all at drdrew.com. Everything's you there. Say that. Say that because you know this is. Uh, Say that, Dr. Drew, please. Because well, uh, Susan's not on the mic and they won't hear it. Let's, let's, uh, we, Susan, we, you say it right here. DrDrew.com. Unless I write it down, you can't remember what Start what your day, end your day. We actually DrDrew.com. The whole thing they'll drop in there the you end. Go. It's all right. that stuff. And if you want to hear uh, the greatest addiction recovery podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit, go to www.dopeypodcast.com. Don't be afraid. Join, join it's, the it's dopey the nation. The, 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 these, yes. We all three create some good, interesting stuff that people should take advantage of. It's good. Yes. So, all right, guys. See you next time. Thanks, Dr. Dr. Drew. Thanks. Thank you. Dopey Dave. Dave, Dave from Dopey. Dopey. All right. That's about it for this episode of This Life. Thanks for listening and subscribing on your favorite platforms. Rate us five stars and tell a friend. Also, be sure to visit drdrew.com for the latest news. We'll tell you where you can find all of our health-related content including the latest in-depth series, The History of Opium. You can now listen to it on the Weekly Infusion podcast. We have some great and very interesting and appropriate interviews with key historical players in the history of opium. We're excited about our newest podcast, Dr. Drew After Dark, which has been described as a dark web reboot of Loveline. It's the hottest guest spot for all the most popular comedians. Beware, it is for a mature audience. It is kind of a reboot of Loveline. You can hear the episodes first in a podcast form Thursday. Then on Friday, you can watch all the video episodes when the YouTube page drops on the Your Mom's House YouTube channel. New episodes every week. Subscribe, tell a friend. Also on Doctor.com, you can find Swole Patrol, our health and fitness podcast with Mike Catherwood. If you want something a bit more refined that will expand your intellectual horizons, please subscribe to the Dr. Drew Podcast, where I feature a wide variety of very interesting and important guests. Get in-depth interviews there. Last but not least, me and Adam, Adam and Dr. Drew Show Podcast. It's a lot of fun, and we are still together, and you can get it five days a week. So go to drdrew.com, please tell a friend, and we thank you for it. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.